0: Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast that explores mental health, especially for folks of color. I'm your host, Zell Anderson. I'm a licensed therapist and owner of Panoramic Counseling in Richmond, Virginia. I hope you enjoy today's discussion. Hello, everyone. Today's topic is going to be something that I've spoken about before. However, it is timely given that we have transitioned into the fall or autumn in the United States. I'm talking about seasonal depression. So a lot of people know this experience as either seasonal affective disorder or the winter blues but because I'm a therapist, I'll go ahead and give you the official name of it. It's known as major depressive disorder or another mood disorder with seasonal pattern. And I'll talk a little bit about some of the differences in those terms later. So to get into the clinical criteria, seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, is experienced when people have a series of depressive symptoms for at least two years recurrent around the fall and winter months. So they tend to, the symptoms tend to pop up in the fall after it transitions from the summer into the fall, especially after daylight savings time. And then the symptoms tend to let up or subside in the spring and summer months. In rare cases, people can have a seasonal pattern that doesn't fit that mold. In some cases, people might have the depressive pattern in the spring and summer months instead of the winter and fall months. Um, But like I said, that's more rare. For it to be a diagnosis from a clinician or a therapist, the symptoms have to be causing significant impairments to our physical, emotional and or social functioning. So the winter blues, which is another term I mentioned, includes some of the symptoms that I'm about to discuss, but it's not to the point of significant impairment. So a person might notice some of the symptoms of seasonal depression during this period of the year, but it doesn't debilitate them to the point of reduced quality of life. So what symptoms go along with seasonal depression? I'm gonna mention some of the most common ones, but this is not a all-inclusive list. So obviously with depression, you have the symptom of sadness. Another thing is fatigue or low energy. Oftentimes people who are fatigued can report like sleeping, a full night of sleep or even more than they typically sleep and then still waking up tired. They may feel lethargic, hopeless apathetic, so that's almost like not having emotion or caring about things that they typically do care about, and just losing interest in things that they once enjoyed. In extreme cases, someone who's dealing with seasonal depression might even start to feel suicidal. In those extreme cases, it would require a higher level of intervention, possibly frequent therapy or going to a hospital. So with those symptoms, let me tell you a little bit about my story and my experience with seasonal depression. So as far as I can remember, this is now the third year in a row that I've had uh, seasonal depression symptoms. I've mentioned before on various platforms that I'm diagnosed with panic disorder. And panic disorder is high anxiety panic attacks of which I'm on medication for. But folks who have anxiety usually have a touch of depression as well. The way I describe it to my clients is you exist at a high level of anxiety and your body only has so much energy and resources to fuel that anxiety. So when the anxiety stays high for a bit, you kind of crash. You feel depressed, right? You feel like you have nothing left to give. So I do experience elements of depression throughout the year. However, when we finally get into the fall, when the leaves start changing colors, I always tell people when the pumpkin spice rolls out, get ready for seasonal depression. I would say that mine has, as far as I can remember, It's been for the past three consecutive years that it hits around this time and more severely each year. So this year is worse than last year. Last year was worse than the year before. Some of the symptoms that I have experienced recently were fatigue, irritability, low motivation, a dip in my self-esteem, and some brain fog. Hopelessness is a big one, and also cynicism. Side note, I operate on a high level of cynicism anyway. I like to joke with people that if you took the cynicism and sarcasm away, it would just be a pair of green glasses sitting in a chair. But I had become a little bit more cynical during my seasonal depression waves. So what does that look like in my own life? If you know me, you know that I care a lot about climate change. And I remember when my seasonal depression, I would say I was in like a two-week rut where it was just really bad, very hard to just function. But because I also have anxiety, my brain fixated on climate change and the different benchmarks that we as a globe are supposed to meet in order to avoid the the worst of impending like climate change. And because I was just so depleted and kind of cynical and apathetic and low energy, I just got very irritable and hopeless in that I felt like no one cares. And there may be some validity to that. But I think with everything going on with me personally, my perspective was very dark. It's almost like, oh, well, no one cares anyway. And no one likes that person. No one likes the person who's like, everything is doom and gloom. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. And I just remember... Fixating on that. Of course, you know, I was seeing my therapist and doing some EMDR, which I'll talk about later in the episode. But yeah, we had to do some work on doing some radical acceptance, compartmentalizing what's in my control, what's not. And I would like to say that the day that I recorded the first episode of season five, which should be the last episode you heard, that was the first day that I felt myself coming out of the rut. And I really started to feel more optimistic. I don't know if it was because I had like worked all day on the episode and was able to publish it and feel really proud of it. But that was the first day that I started to come out of it. And, you know, radical acceptance and therapy and compartmentalizing definitely helped helped me to get to a better headspace because I was definitely in the doom and gloom apocalypse. Global warming is going to take us all out. And of course, I'm a parent of a young child. So I'm thinking, well, what is her future going to look like? And it's a spiral. I think anyone who's ever dealt with anxiety or depression can understand the mental spiral that we can go through bringing it back to like seasonal depression, the season changes can definitely impact how we experience those things. So what I've just described, the symptoms and things like that for seasonal depression, folks who have some sort of existing mental health condition, such as anxiety, depression, mood disorder, even like ADHD and things like that, they may notice a uptick in those symptoms plus some new ones because of the seasonal shift. And I'll get into. To why that happens in just a moment. But I just wanted to share a little bit about my own experience with it so that it doesn't just feel like I'm a therapist talking at you about this clinical phenomenon. Like I actually live this. So, support for this episode comes from Go Heal, bitch, which is a black and woman owned clothing brand dedicated to normalizing therapy with its candor and sense of humor. I love my GHB t-shirt and custom hoodie, so I'm excited to offer listeners of this show an exclusive discount. Just go to GoHealBitch.com and use promo code JOHNZELL, spelled J-O-H-N like Nancy, Z like Zebra, E-L-L-E, for 5% off your order. Using my code gets you a discount and supports this podcast, which is a win-win. Details about this offer are also available in this episode's show notes. And now back to the show. Getting into some of the statistics, according to psychiatry.org, 5% of the United States adult population experiences seasonal depression annually. 14% of the United States adult population experiences the winter blues. So just a recap, Winter blues is a less severe, less debilitating experience of these seasonal depression symptoms. According to the National Institute for Mental Health, getting into why seasonal depression happens, people receive less sunlight in the fall and winter months, which results in a higher production of melatonin. We know that melatonin is a chemical that helps us prepare for rest and to sleep. Some folks who have insomnia or issues falling asleep or staying asleep may be prescribed melatonin by their doctor, but our body produces it naturally. So when we have less sunlight, our body is producing more melatonin because when we have less light, our bodies think that it needs to prepare for rest. And so an additional thing that's going on is that with less sunlight, because in the fall and winter months, we see shorter days. Less sunlight also results in less vitamin D and serotonin, which helps with energy production and mood regulation respectively. So vitamin D results in energy, serotonin results in mood regulation. Serotonin is very pivotal in folks who experience depression and anxiety because that's the chemical imbalance that's going on there. So let's talk a minute about how seasonal depression impacts folks of color. People of color may be more susceptible to seasonal depression because we have more melanin. Melanin is what gives us our beautiful shades of brown. Melanin is gorgeous and beautiful. However, from a chemical standpoint, melanin hinders our ability to absorb vitamin D, which, as I just mentioned, is responsible for energy production. A lot of people know black and brown folks tend to not get sunburn in the summer months because we have melanin. It kind of protects us from some of the sun's rays. However, as a result, we also can't absorb as much vitamin D as someone with less melanin. So I am hope that as I'm explaining these things, it makes sense. I am a therapist, however, bio psychology, like chemicals, chemistry, all of that stuff has never been my strong suit. So I try to keep it simple. But next, I want to get into what we can do about this. So I just talked about how for folks of color, we may have some issues absorbing vitamin D, which can then magnify the experience of seasonal depression. So naturally, one of the first interventions or things that we can do to combat seasonal depression would be vitamin supplements, specifically vitamin D3 and vitamin B12 because they help with brain functioning, energy, and mood regulation. And right before recording this episode, I went online and ordered my D3 and B12 supplements to pick up after I leave the office. I wanna do what I can to combat it from all angles, but I'm gonna get into a couple more things that we can do to combat these symptoms. So as I also mentioned, light is very important. So during the day, going on walks, even though it's cold outside, getting out into some natural light. And for those who spend a lot of time indoors, you might consider getting a a light therapy box. They're also known as a SAD box, which SAD stands for Seasonal Affective Disorder. And these two different things sort of make up for some of the decreased exposure to sunlight that we have in the fall and winter months. Another intervention that you might try is speaking with your doctor or psychiatrist or psychiatric nurse practitioner about medication. A thing that a lot of my clients might do during these months, especially if they have a seasonal pattern of depression, they might get on an antidepressant if it's deemed medically necessary by their healthcare provider. Some people find it controversial or don't like to talk about medication, but it's important to note that if you're getting on medication for a seasonal pattern of depression, you may not need to stay on it all year. You might start taking it in the fall around daylight savings time. And then once the symptoms start to subside in the spring months, you might taper off of it. Important disclaimer to that is if you start an antidepressant, don't just stop taking it cold turkey. It's very important to follow the guidance of your healthcare professional, because what we're doing is we're altering brain chemistry, and we don't want to shock the system. There there can be some weird side effects, and sometimes there can be some extreme reactions for someone who has been on an antidepressant and they stop taking it. So always follow the guidance of your healthcare professional. But speaking on medication, I've been very transparent about the fact that I take medication. So as a podcast listener myself, I'm not a fan of ads, so I'll keep this brief. I use Alitu.com to edit and host my podcast and have been a happy customer since 2020. Alitu is extremely user-friendly and saves me a ton of time in editing. The software also does all that technical sound stuff, so I don't have to. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or already have one, check out Alitu with the link in this episode's show notes for a free trial and a discount off your first paid month. Using my link helps to support this podcast, so thanks in advance. And now back to the show. So moving on from medication, some other things you can do to alleviate some of the symptoms of seasonal depression, getting exercise. The thing about exercise is in the winter months, it's harder to do because it's cold outside. I like to run, I like to ride my bike, but those things are harder to do when it's cold outside. So exercise is very important, I will say also when you have seasonal depression, remember I mentioned before we have lower motivation, we're more lethargic, fatigued and things like that. So it's sometimes a a big struggle to even get up to do our basic tasks. But exercise is very important, not only because it balances our brain chemicals, but it helps keep us healthy and fit. I mentioned before one of my symptoms of seasonal depression is that I start to get a drop in my self-esteem. So if I'm already feeling lethargic and tired and then I'm feeling less confident and my self-esteem dips, Choosing not to exercise is only going to make those experiences worse. So I really do push myself to get in some sort of workout five to six days a week. Another thing that we need to focus on to alleviate these symptoms is keeping our social support networks strong or at least engaging with other people. In the winter months, it, it can be very easy to start to isolate, to stay indoors. But we have to make sure that we're leaning into our social supports because we have to approach any mental health thing holistically. We've talked about things to do for the body. We've talked about things to do for the emotions. This is the social component. So we have to attack this from all sides so lean into your support systems reach out check on your people make sure that you have that support system to get you through these these tough months and then next i would say consider talking to a licensed therapist If you're experiencing seasonal depression and you're having a very hard time getting back on track, it is very beneficial to talk to someone about it. I mentioned before I've been speaking with my therapist weekly for the past couple of weeks, so yeah talk to your therapist if you happen to be in the state of Virginia i am a licensed professional counselor in the commonwealth of virginia i'll include my contact info how to find me in the show notes so be sure to check that out if you're looking for a therapist in virginia but to conclude here i'll say this of all of these different kind of tips that i've given on how to deal with seasonal depression and that's to be proactive daylight savings time is coming up on november 6th and typically we're going to notice the most extreme shifts for people around that time in the weeks afterwards. But do these steps, do get your vitamins, get your exercise, get your routine established, get booked with a therapist, get on medication if that's necessary. Do these things before daylight savings time so that you can kind of have time for those interventions to kind of serve you best sometimes it's best to prepare rather than to react. So just keep that in mind. Just want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to take care of our well-being and to shoot for the highest quality of life possible. Thank you for listening. Before you go, consider supporting this podcast in some of the following ways. You can buy me a coffee with the link in this episode show notes. You can leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening to this episode. You can follow this show in your favorite app to be notified of new episodes. And finally, you can subscribe by email with the link in this episode's show notes. Thank you in advance for your support, and I'll see you next time.